TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you and boy, oh boy, I'm like Big Kev, I'm excited because any day now, and this is so boring for probably every listener except six of them, uh, we are going to the blue zone of Ikaria and I am going there with the great Dr. Damien Christoph, the king of longevity. How is my brother from another mother? Yeah, PC, I am absolutely fantastic. So excited. I am buzzing. Actually, inside my body, I am buzzing. Um, I couldn't be more excited, to be honest with you. And I'm so, I just, I'm excited to be getting back to the Blue Zones. And you know what was happening before? You and I were having a chat off air. And a little shout out to Sarah Hill. We were chatting with Sarah Hill because if you don't know this, we are getting our website. Uh, fixed up right now. We're we're coming back. We're back to 2023. We are back to the future. And we've um, updated the website. And part of that update to the website was a realization that, Piercy, you and I have not done an episode on the Blue Zones. And let me tell you the reason why I think that's important, because I was talking to a lady the other day. She goes, (laughs) what are you doing? I said, I'm going to Greece. She goes, what are you going to Greece for? I said, I'm going to the Blue Zone, Ikaria. She goes, what's a Blue Zone? And I was like, ugh. What? What do you mean? What's the blue zone? She goes, I've never heard of the blue zones before. So I had to go down the Dan Butner, you know, conversation, the National Geographic conversation. And she's like, oh, wow, that's really fascinating. And so I thought, Piercy, where are we? We need to do an episode on this and then we can refer to it every single time. So at this point in time, people will be referred to this episode number 531, I think. One, 531, yeah. to learn about the blue zones. From our perspective, not from Dan Butner's perspective. It's, it's almost embarrassing because when when uh, Sarah Hill said, have you done an episode on the Blue Zones? I said, well, I'll just do what I always do and go into Spotify and type in 100 not out a space whatever I'm looking for. It's how I send everyone episodes of whatever they're looking for. And I typed it in. On episode 192, we did Blue Zones to Green Zones with Karina Alton and who we met in Ikaria back in 2016. Um, and then the rest, I could not write anything. Just nothing <laughs> and else. In 10 <laughs> years, I know we've done episodes from Ikaria and we've interviewed Evo in Sardinia and we've had so many conversations. The, uh, it's a bit embarrassing yeah. Yeah. that we have not done an episode on what are Blue Zones, um, what allowed them to become known as Blue Zones, where does the name Blue Zone come from, yeah. Um so I feel like I want to walk to my bookshelf and, and get the actual book. But Go on, you do that, and I'll just keep on chatting if you like. Oh, you talk, you talk. Yeah, yeah. So I was explaining this the other day. I was actually on the golf course, PC, which is unusual for me. But I think it was on Monday I was talking about the Blue Zones. <laughs> and we're talking about um, how it actually came about. And somebody asked, are they still Blue Zones? And would these places still classify and qualify to be a Blue Zone? So we talked about the application process. and We talked about how you know, um, the elderly people in Okinawa are now concerned for the uh, younger generation. And so what was originally coined Blue Zones by Dan Butner um, in their research project 
um, there could be some discussion to be had as to whether or not each of these countries, each of these regions, these zones would still qualify as a blue zone these days, mm. and whether or not Australia could sneak in to that yeah. blue zone. Number. Well, well, let's let's. I've got. I'm, I'm so excited to be doing this episode now. Um, <laughs> you have the stats. You well, have the stats. I've got stats and thoughts and oh. all types of things. Oh. So, so, so let's let me have a crack at curbing my enthusiasm and putting a bit of structure into this episode by uh, almost assuming that uh, someone listening does not know what the blue zones are. So mm, let okay. us now begin by saying that okay. many years ago, and I won't give you the right year because I'll get it wrong, the blue zones funded a trip that Dan Butner uh, was a part of, and he wrote the book, The Blue Zones. National Geographic funded a trip for Dan Butner, who was really a, an adventurer, a traveler um, to all around the world. He'd go on, he'd go mountain biking in, in hard to find places and all of those things. Um, funded a trip to identify where where people lived the longest and with a great quality of life. So not just, oh, I want to live for a good time, not a long time. Where people live for a long time and a good time. Um, and they identified five places on the planet. And the reason why they are called blue zones is because when I think it was Gianni Pez or Michael Pulano, one of the researchers, when they had the map of the world and they were identifying the blue zones, when they became a certified blue zone, they put little blue stickers up on these towns. So there is nothing more dramatic than just a little blue sticker um, or tack on the map. Yeah, I thought it was a pin. Yeah, I thought it was a tack. Yeah, if it was an orange pin, that would have been called orange zones. If it was a pink tin, we'd be talking about the pink zones. But it was a blue pin, and that's why they are the blue zones. And they are Ikaria, and I want to get this out because I then want to talk to you about this. Ikaria, the whole island of 7,500 people is regarded as a blue zone because the lifestyle is the same effectively all over. There's some variances between the fishing village, but many of them live up in the hills. So the whole island is the blue zone. Sardinia in Italy, it's not the whole island because the coast is very touristy and there's only a few villages in the middle of Sardinia that are still quite antiquated, we might say, but we might also say traditional in their life. Didn't, didn't um, like the Italian prime minister live in Sardinia? Maybe. That's a good That's yeah. a good. And I, want, I don't know if he lives what? in a blue zone. Um. Okinawa, which, as you mentioned, the grandparents are burying their grandchildren because the grandparents have eaten the traditional Okinawan way, but the grandchildren, because Okinawa is an American military base, has actually the worst diabetic uh, position in all of Japan. It is the unhealthiest island in that generation, but the grandparents are actually the blue zone, effectively. Is that true? It's That's the true. worst, the it's highest the worst of rate all of, of Japan. Diabetes. Because it's an American military base, it is yeah. Americanized in that Pizza Hut, McDonald's, and KFC is there in far greater uh, numbers than other parts of Japan. And then what I would say personally, the two that I know very little about is Nicoya in Costa Rica and Loma Linda in California, which is a Seventh-day Adventist referred to as the vegan or vegetarian blue zone, but I don't necessarily agree that, that, that that's the case. But um, that is... No. That is the five. So you may remember, Piercy, that I did um, a certification, did a fellowship. Excuse all that. Can you hear the workman outside? No, sorry. You're the what only one. Yeah, I promise it's you. It's only me. It's only me. It's, it's only like you. a really loud sore. Sorry about really? that, everybody. If you can hear it and Piercy can't, let us know. 
Um, email Marcus at 100notout.com. <laughs> he'll, he'll, Those emails aren't ready yet, and our website isn't actually updated yet. But, yes. but it will be by the time this goes to end, <laughs> I suspect. Uh, anyway, yeah, so yeah. I did this fellowship with the Australasian College of Lifestyle Medicine, um, which is um, part of the – or joined to the American Society of Lifestyle Medicine, um, and they are based in Loma Linda University. And so I didn't realize this, but at the time when I was doing it, I was going, cheapers, like all of this research seems very skewed towards a vegetarian, vegan lifestyle. And then as I looked more into it, the whole practice of lifestyle medicine stems from the Loma Linda University, and it's based on Seventh-day Adventist principles. Mm. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm being baptized. As a Seventh Day Adventist, <laughs> when did my I went to I went to my local parish, had a little chat with the priest, and he said, "Don't worry, Damien, a couple of Hail Marys and a few Our Fathers, and you'll be right. You'll be forgiven." <laughs> and I then, and so then I I went out. I left. I left that, and then. Uh, but I realised that what's really fascinating about this is that through their education, they are educating people um, in a way to live a lifestyle that is wholesome and good, which I really like. Now, whether or not I agree with it being vegetarian and whether or not I agree that, you know, using sustainable crops such as canola and soybeans is healthy for you, um, <laughs> which I want to talk about on our next podcast, PC. I've got, okay. I've got the topic for our next podcast. Oh, no. um, I, I, I'm, I'm uncertain. But what I really liked about it is that through the university system, there's a structure in place to educate the younger generations about how to eat better and how to look after themselves. So the consideration of health and well-being is very much diet and lifestyle-based, which is great. And that's different because what's happening in Okinawa is the reverse of that due to American influence. But Loma Linda, which is in America, is potentially charging forward with an education system to help the younger generation come through better. So anyway, I thought I'd share that as a perspective. I think well, I think any anyone that's educated when they're younger around wholesome and good nutrition and lifestyle practices is pretty much getting a head start in life, aren't they? Can't, can't yeah. yeah, 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 totally. And just have an awareness of it. You know, to have yeah. an awareness. Like, imagine if we learnt at a young age how to manage our money, we would have had we would have bought houses like twenty years ago. So, like, what's amazing about <laughs> that is like the things that you're taught in school, you'll apply. I learned how to buy big M's and yeah. you know. Cheezels, yeah. you know, and yeah. twisties. And so I spent money rather than saved money. And yes. uh, and so there's that sort of thing. So same thing with food, the Loma Linda, um, the Loma Linda University are doing that. Now, I am the most dubious of Loma Linda in terms of it being a blue zone because can you tell us, PC, you know this better than what I do, uh -oh. what qualifies a region to be a blue zone? Is it a statistic that is they have less disease than the other parts of that same country oh you know what i feel like when i listen to researchers talk about you know um there's certain there's a vocabulary to research that i just do not have because it doesn't interest me enough mm -hmm. i so you would know more because you'd see more research papers than i would but it's got something to do with the quality of one's life as they get older Are but i feel like it's a bell curve that the blue zones have to live in a certain part of the bell curve. But I reckon right. if anyone reads the introduction of the book, they would get the answers. But off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you the exact number that allows someone or a, a region to qualify. 
think the core qualities, the core qualities, quality of life years, right? And so I think that's what it is. And so the number of quality of life years or qualities um, well, that's measured. Yeah, so and, I know. Yeah, sorry. Go on. In, in 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 Britain, in in England, and I remember reading about this because I was doing this um this certification, this fellowship uh, through COVID. They were talking about the cost of intervention, and so the the cost of an intervention generally in the UK is a thousand dollars. Let's say it's a thousand pounds per quality quality of life year. And so, if it was expected that you know this intervention was going to cost you five thousand dollars. Then you would be expected that you you would have five more years um, at the budget of the NHS. Yes, you know, that they yeah. would spend. So I had a, I had a feeling that that may be the the case for this certification to become. A yeah. So so again, I'm so like, oh, what's the number? How did they work it out? <laughs> All I would say is that, and this is really important, National Geographic. Uh, I would say quite conservative in nature. So these are whimsical. Oh, let's just call this place a blue zone. It is um, there is a very scientific measurement of what it takes. I just wish I could actually give it to. Um, so I think that's probably what you and I love about it is it's not just because there are other parts of the world where people with a certain confirmation bias have said, "Oh, the Caucasus of Abkhazia are the place where people live the longest," but they don't have passports or birth certificates and death certificates. They just have numbers that become like mythical he's 186 and it's like well <laughs> yesterday he said he was 146 I so bet he's doing ben greenfield's program <laughs> so i think there's that uh we like the blue zones because it's very scientific it's been it's 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 data heavy um yeah. so but i think what i just on this um what i would hope is um an introductory episode for people that are wanting to know more about the blue zones the question probably you and i get asked the most demo is around the diet of the blue zones. And I think it's really important because so many people are on so many diets. I think the average person in their forties has been on 40 plus diets and that's really 40 plus. It's sad. Yeah. It's probably not. I've got a number. I I did an interview on it for channel 10 months ago, but it was research out of London. Anyway, I'll find it. But Mm. the diets in each of the blue zones differ quite a lot. And you can talk to this demo. So I'll, I'll do the differences and then you can explain the why. So in Ikatia, it's very much a Mediterranean diet. Um, there's not uh, that much fruit. There's a lot more vegetables. Um, the The protein um, is goat. There's not much other protein. There is fish and then there is some calamari and other seafood. Um, but it's that what typical Mediterranean diet, heavy on the olive oil. They have gluten. Um, they have dairy. Uh, they don't have a lot of refined sugar. Uh, but they have some, you know, a dessert for them could be slices of watermelon, which I know it will be for you and I in a couple of weeks when we're there. Uh, but they might have yogurt and honey quite regularly. They would have bread quite regularly. Um, they have red wine, but you don't really see them having vodka, but they would make their own limoncello. Um, they have a, a, a traditional Mediterranean diet. In Sardinia, you would say it's very similar, and you and I are going on a bromantic reconnaissance to Sardinia uh, for four nights after Ikaria, and we're expecting a lot more lamb there. Uh, that is the more traditional um, animal protein of Sardinia, and we're really curious to see the other elements of the diet. In Okinawa, a lot more grain, a lot more fish, a lot more tofu, a lot of vegetables. Again, not much fruit. They do like a citrus, but that's not much more than that. Nicoya, Costa Rica, very much a corn-based uh, diet with more land, uh, fast land animals like chicken. Um, and then uh, Loma Linda, 
again, a far more vegan vegetarian slant. I kind of love this because it is diverse and it breaks the mold that there is one diet that fits all. But from your perspective as a chiropractor, naturopath, nutritionist that's been doing this for years, um, how do you respond to that, particularly when people ask you about, oh, what do they eat? What's the secret diet to longevity? Well, I mean, that's a great question, PC, and I get asked that question all the time, you know, whether it's uh, in the office, you know, in the practice, chiropractic practice, uh, or whether it's on a, on a call. People think that um, because people want to do the modifiables, they want to do the things that um, they can easily shift and change, and, and, I, and I use that word easily, you know, on purpose because it's, it's relatively easy to change your diet, um, and I think that that's the hack of it. That's how you do it. When I reflect on it, there's only one thing, and I think that this is, you know, potentially what Dan Buettner also said. There's only one thing that's really in common for all of these regions, and that is that they all consume a form of legume. That's it. And it's not that they consume legumes exclusively and that that's their source of protein, and it's not that they, um, you know, make sure they have brown rice with their legumes so they get a full complement of amino acids. Um, it's, it's, it's that they just happen to eat a legume um, they just happen to eat a legume. And it's not because they think that that's what's going to make them healthy. But what makes me um, even more curious is that it's not the same legume. They all, and all legumes, like a, you know, a bean, a soybean or a lentil, they all have an impact on the microbiome. Mm. And everybody who's lived to a ripe old age in each of these countries have a different spectrum of microbiome than the other one. Uh, and so where we've all gone with kind of these health trends and investigation, you know, into the microbiome or into a diet, um, much of what comes out of the blue zone research and the study of the blue zones disproves most of everything else that we kind of would think and say, well, you've got to have all of these microbiota in your microbiome to be healthy. And the way in which you do that is through eating resistant starch. Um, or you've got to have these particular foods and avoid these other proteins. So you've got to avoid gluten because that'll kill you. And you've got to have all of these other types of proteins like soy in order to live a long time. So people are kind of going, oh my gosh, like this is all so confusing. And where it comes down to is that there's a broad spectrum of fiber types and a broad spectrum of carbohydrate and a broad spectrum of protein and a broad spectrum of high quality healthful fats in the diets of each of these you know regions and so the similarity is broad based as opposed to the similarity being very specific around these are the foods that you need to eat so you could easily broad base it and go well you eat a mediterranean diet well you're not eating mediterranean if you're in okinawa and you're most <laughs> certainly not eating mediterranean if you're in costa rica you can't afford it so yeah. like let's let's think about it like we what we're doing here is having a relatively high plant diet you could call it a plant based diet and then having proteins attached to that that are animal based if you choose and mm. eating high quality oils fats that assist in the reduction of heart disease or the prevention of heart disease which means that it's your medium chain triglycerides and your um, monounsaturated fats and your polyunsaturated fats. They're the sorts of things that you're looking at. And and I listen to all of this and then I go, Damo, we've experienced this in Ikaria. We're about to go there for the fourth time. And you look at all of these blue zones, whether it's Ikaria, Sardinia, Okinawa, Nicoya, Costa Rica, and Loma Linda, which, which you've researched. I go... 
the ceremony that they have around food and the lifestyle that they have around food and the oxytocin, the hormone of love that they generate when they're dining with their loved ones and their friends or their work colleagues or whatever, that has got to have a positive impact on absorption, on assimilation, on digestion, on that. The process that we spoke about um, or recently on another podcast, but that whole process of digestion, that's got to be much better when you're doing it with others rather than eating any one of these diets, but rushing around or lonely or miserable. It's got to have an impact. Yeah, oh, there's, my, there's no doubt about it. And PC, that podcast that you referenced before, maybe we could sneak one of those in, you know, we could, you know share one of those. <laughs> I just realized that podcast. was for a client, not a 100, not out. <laughs> oh, yeah, great podcast for somebody else the other day. It was a cracker. Um, oh, funny, funny. But you might be able to you might be able to search it, you know, search Damien and uh, Marcus other podcast. Yeah, because yeah, it's it's out there. It is a public it? one. Yeah, let's do it's it. Public. It's it's the laws of wellness yeah. for Zaparis lawyers. Yeah. Um it's a public podcast. Um, but it's uh I don't think that conversation has been released yet. No, it may yeah. not be. It may not be. In fact, we know it's not because we just saw the edit through this morning. So it's <laughs> definitely not. But if you if you look out for it, but um when you when we talked about digestion in that context, we were talking about becoming parasympathetic in your nervous system activity and sitting down to have a conversation, unless you're having an argument, stimulates the parasympathetic nervous system. So you're having a nice calm conversation, sitting down, you know, leaning back in your chair, not leaning forward, leaning back in your chair and having a nice conversation, sipping on some wine, sipping on some water and masticating your food. Chewing it nice and slowly, like Marcus Pierce does, slowest <laughs> eater in the world. When you um, when you do that, you activate your parasympathetic nervous system. Now, the rush that many of us are in means that when we're eating, we're in sympathetic activity, and that that is a shocker when it comes to absorption because when we are in sympathetic activity, our digestive system requires less attention, and in fact, we move food through quicker than what we need whereas if we're in parasympathetics uh, we're in rest and digest and uh, and that you know that process by and large actually aids in our uh, absorption and also our assimilation of the nutrients digestion mm. of our food um, to help us be healthier so conversations a cracker that's what we want Oh, this has been great. And I feel like there are so many more things we can talk about, um, but we'll hold off. I think we might do a little Blue Zone series about, you know, Blue Zones and movement and Blue Zones and families idea. and how they yeah. socialize. All the things all the we found out. Yep, absolutely. I think yeah. that'd be wonderful. But uh, thank you to our listener and friend and our listener. web designer, Sarah Hill, for saying oh, Sarah. Uh, Saying, I thought you were saying we've only got one listener. I thought you were no. thinking we've got one listener. Our right. one listener. Oh, well, we've got four or five, I think. Yeah, um, my yeah. yeah, my mum, my sister. <laughs> but to everyone, uh, apologies that it took 530-odd episodes to do an episode on what are the Blue Zones. And if this is the first time that you have come across us, well, we definitely recommend the book, The Blue Zones by Dan Butner. If you want to see what we do over in Ikaria and Sardinia, head on over to 100notout.com. That's 100notout.com. We've really enjoyed uh, recording this episode for you. We hope you've enjoyed it as well. Thank you for your support. And until next time, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.